does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It's a coup of Jay Cook proportions. That's right. Jimmy Cook is here inside the Network Indiana studios taking over Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Do the Colts have a new answer at wide receiver? Pacers draft prep as well. But first, we go to the star of our show. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Jay Cook. I'll need you to explain to me what a coup is sometime during the show. Uh, Major League Baseball today, already gone final about 45 minutes ago. Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds. This is from Cincinnati. The Reds struggled offensively. 5-4 was the final score. That doesn't say a lot how much the Reds struggled. Only three hits in total prior to the bottom of the 11th inning. Their previous hit was in the third, if that tells you anything. However... Bullpen was able to keep them in the game, but not enough as the Reds fall 5-4. to four. They had won five straight. They have now lost two consecutive games. Fernando Cruz charged with the loss. Bryce Wilson with the save for the Milwaukee Brewers, who are now 30-27. and 27. St. Louis Cardinals, after being off the last two days, they're in action tonight in Pittsburgh, taking on the Pirates. Advantage Cardinals 5-1, to one, all five runs coming in the third inning 11 total hits so far for the redbirds and at the end of five it's the minnesota twins zero cleveland guardian zero each team though with three hits for network indiana sports i'm eddie garrison happy friday to you indiana sports talk listeners jimmy cook in the big chair for the coach bob lovell as the coach enjoys his well-earned summer vacation over the next couple of weeks it will be a continuation of new hosts, new faces, some familiar ones as well. Looking forward to being in the big chair a couple of times this summer, along with Eddie Harrison and Graham Shurgan. I am Jimmy Cook. You hear me weekdays, noon to 3 on 93.5107.5 The Fan on the Fan Midday Show. And happy to, along with Eddie Garrison, who also helps produce that show and is a clear voice on that, taking our talents down here in Network Indiana for you on a Friday night. We're going to cover a lot of ground this evening. We'll have, even though we're a number of days removed from it, it would not be full justice of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk if we did not take one final dip at the greatest spectacle in racing. The talented Jake Query of these very airwaves on 93.5107.5, the fan of our sister station, co-host of Kevin and Query. Going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll get his thoughts on what was just a great race all around. I mentioned this on the Noon to 3 show on our sister station that I am of the ilk, particularly if I am, which I was not in this instance, but if I am one of the race goers that is fighting the elements, being in the hot sun all day, having a great time with friends, I want green flag racing to end the thing. So I was very happy that that is the decision that was ultimately made. And I was glad that we got a very thrilling finish for the Borg Warner Trophy to be earned. So we'll get into that with Jake Query as well. A little bit after, or before that, I beg your pardon, we're going to dive into a couple of different areas. Big picture with the Indianapolis Colts. We'll look at a move they recently made or are close to making, at least from reports from Adam Schefter for their wide receiver room. We've already talked ad nauseum about how deep that tight end room is right now. Seven different players that play that position, and there's ultimately going to be tough choices that are made by this Colts regime 
by the time we get further and further and closer into cutdown days in the months that follow. Casey Value is going to give us a big picture look at where the depth chart is right now. That name that I had alluded to is Brashard Perryman. He was reported again by Adam Schefter to have had a workout today with the Colts. And again, this from Adam Schefter on Twitter. Per a source, they're in discussions with him about potentially signing there. At this point, with where the Colts wide receiver room is and where we're at at this point in the season, I'm fine with adding more bodies for competition. When you look at what's there right now, Michael Pittman Jr., is this finally the year that he takes a leap forward to be a wide receiver one? I did plenty of gavel banging last year for him to take that leap. I'm willing to take a pass from last season and say it had more to do with the quarterbacks who were throwing, or should I say failing to throw him the ball last season as to why we did not see the jump in numbers and the jumps in progression as a receiver that we would have liked to have seen. But even if that doesn't happen, Michael Pittman Jr. at his core is still a high-quality wide receiver too, at minimum in terms of where his floor is and how he impacts an offense. You also have guys like Alec Pierce who's going to be in his second season. We saw a lot of flash from Mike Strawn during the offseason last year. Is there a, a spot or some meaningful playing time for him in that regard? The highly touted rookie Josh Downs, who, who Reggie Wayne is a big fan of, is going to be fighting for position in the slot with Isaiah McKenzie. What will these, in general, three wide receiver sets look like for the Colts, and how does Brashad Perryman work into that? Well, if they sign him again, it just adds another body into that wide receiver room. It's a veteran wide out, and at this stage of where we're at in the offseason, more competition is not a bad thing. So we'll look at the potential. I know Casey can't fully go into names when a contract isn't signed yet, We'll get Casey Valley of the Colts Radio Network on here in the 10 o'clock hour around 1017 to look at what adding a hypothetical veteran wide receiver would do to this wide receiver room. We're also going to talk to Tom Noy of the South Bend Tribune regarding just a number of different topics focused on all things South Bend, including Marcus Freeman, another year under his belt as the head coach of the Fighting Irish on the gridiron. And then, of course... We will take a look at Notre Dame basketball as they have had a flurry of new recruits, transfer portal action, and momentum that has been garnered for their program since Micah Shrewsbury took over just a few months ago. So we'll get the lowdown on that from Tom Noy. Alex Golden is going to join us at 11.06 to talk Pacers draft and a little mix of NBA finals as well. And we'll have plenty of fun in between here and now looking at what direction the Pacers should go at and where Anthony Richardson is on the Colts side of things from his development and if I think he should be the starter by the time week one rolls around. Interesting quarterback competition, interesting position battles all around. We'll cover all our bases tonight on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. The show continues when we come back. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook filling in for the coach, Bob Lovell. NBA Finals are well underway. Clearly, in case you have you know been under a rock or been in a coma for the last six months, you know the Pacers are not a part of that. But when you look at who is present within these NBA Finals and the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat, one thing that at least they both hold in common, even though Denver looks like they're probably going to take care of things either in a gentleman's sweep or maybe even a clean sweep, depending on if game one is a real indication for how this series is going to go. But one thing that they have in common 
is the uniqueness to how they got where they are. And that is to say that with Denver, it is a clear and obvious mold of building things the proper way through the draft. That is something that when Golden State was at the height of their powers back in 2014, 2015 and onward, the one thing you pointed to as a small market team was the ability to pull things from the ground up on a draft capital standpoint, and perhaps the Pacers could somehow emulate that. Now, when it was Golden State, your thought was, well, that's a big market team. How are the Pacers ever supposed to get close to that unless they're perfect in the draft? Denver, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show, is closer to what the Pacers could perhaps match up to be one day if they are able to once again have home run draft after home run draft like they showed a year ago. Before we proceed any further, though, we have our first guest joining us today on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It is one of our favorites. You hear him across the board, whether it's through high school hoops, football, softball, you name it. Greg Rakestraw is covering it, as well as his work for ISC Sports Network. And of course, he is the voice of the Indy 11, as well as a post-game show host for the Indianapolis Colts. Greg, how are we doing on a Friday? Doing good. Uh, this was the rare, in fact, the first time that the Indy 11 women and men played simultaneously. So I had the Indy 11 women's call against Racing Louisville, their academy team. Racing Louisville plays in the NWSL. Indy 11 women played to a 1-1 draw. Uh, those two teams are currently tied atop the Valley Division in the USLW League. The two teams will play again on Tuesday in Louisville. And the winner of that match, good chance they're the division champ and a playoff team a few weeks from now. But on the men's side, they were in Charleston tonight. Charleston, a team that has been in first place in the Eastern Conference, and they proceeded to get a 4-0 road win tonight. It helps when you get a penalty, and the other team goes a man down two minutes in. Indy leads one nothing on a penalty. They get a second penalty in the second half. They get an own goal in the second half. Just one of those nights where everything went right for the visitors from Indianapolis this evening. Rick, we got about a minute here, so I know you already gave us the rapid recap to an extent there, but when we went on the air and I last looked at that box score, it was one to nothing, and we knew that Charleston was playing a man down. Finally, it, it, it eventually catches up to you when you're playing a man down, but I am very surprised and pleasantly surprised for the 11 that it happened with a team hat trick, if you will, to add on to that for a final of 4-0. Exactly, and, and you nailed it. You know, especially in that heat, when you are even at home, when you are down a man that early in the match, it absolutely is going is to catch up with you. Uh, and and I'll be honest, I'm in my years doing the Indy Eleven. I can think of, of Indy Eleven playing a man up for part of a half. You know, towards the end of a half, I never where you literally have a man advantage for eighty nine ninety minutes. Even though Charleston's one of the better teams in the league, you know, when, when you go down early, it, it's going to come back to bite you. And, not surprised. Indy got three goals in the final 20 minutes of the match. He's Greg Rakestraw, the voice of the Indy 11. Nice to take some time with us this evening. Greg, we're up against it, but congratulations in general for you and the 11 on the victories tonight. And congratulations as well on the ground baking, on the groundbreaking on Indy 11 Park. Appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Thank you, Rake. That's Greg Rakestraw, voice of the Indy 11 and wearer of many hats around this sports city. Still to come, we'll take a deep dive into Notre Dame basketball recruiting and an outlook to Notre Dame football with one of our favorites, Tom Noy of the South Bend Tribune. He'll join us next 
on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Major League Baseball score is going on right now. Earlier, I highlighted the Cardinals and the Guardians. The Guardians, after the end of the sixth, still tied 0-0 with the Minnesota Twins. They are in Minnesota. That game is on Apple TV+. First time there has been some runs scored in this one between the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. And we're at the bottom of the sixth inning, each team with four hits. Andrew Benintendi singled that scored... Tim Anderson and then Eloy Jimenez had a single that scored two more in the bottom of the sixth inning. And now the White Sox head to the top of the seventh, leading two to zero. The Chicago Cubs and the San Diego Padres just getting underway out in the West Coast in San Diego. So we're tied at zero. Nico Horner leads the game off with the walk. Minor League Baseball just going final from right here in downtown Indianapolis at Victory Field, maybe Five minutes from where I'm currently sitting. The Indianapolis Indians, Toledo Mudheads, 11-0 in favor of the Indians. The Tribe has been pretty good offensively in this series. It's their third game scoring more than 10 runs in the five games they've played thus far. 26-28 and 28 overall are the Indianapolis Indians after today's win. Toledo Mudheads are now 24-30. Game number four between the Fort Wayne Tin Caps and the South Bean Cubs. And they're all tied up at two games apiece through four games. The Fort Wayne Tin Caps capture game four tonight. Four to three was the final score, and all four runs for the Tin Caps came in the third inning, and all three runs for the South Bend Cubs came in the top of the eighth inning. South Bend Cubs are now 25 and 24, Tin Caps 21 and 28. We'll go back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook in for the coach, Bob Lovell. There are a number of sports things that I love, one of which, of course, or my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I didn't go there. My grandpa did. My great-grandfather went there. And even though my passion is more towards the gridiron, Notre Dame basketball is hot right now. And it's hot for two reasons. One, you could argue it's always been because of our next guest. His name's Tom Noy. But the other one is because Micah Shrewsbury is cooking up recruits left and right for this program and dominating the transfer portal. Tom, how are we doing on a Friday? I don't know how hot eleven and twenty-one overall and three and seventeen in the ACC was last year. Who was the coach? So, Who was the coach? Different coach. Uh, that 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 the the DNA, <laughs> the culture, the fingerprints, everything that Mike Bray established in twenty-three years was wiped out in about six months of absolute misery. So yeah, Micah Shrewsbury's hot, but he's hot because only because this program couldn't get any colder six months ago. For those type of tantalizing stories, you can go to mdinsider.com or follow them on Twitter at TNOYNDI. No, no, you're you're right. You're being more honest and realist about the situation than I am. I get it that at some point when you look at a bar, if the bar is on the ground versus, you know, five or six feet in the air, there there's a difference in difficulty there. I, I, I understand what you're getting at, but... You must admit, because I follow you on Twitter, and everybody should again, at Tinoy NDI, no disrespect whatsoever to Mike Bray, because I love right. Coach Bray, you love Coach Bray. What he was able to build across the board at Notre Dame will never be forgotten, and he was always one of my favorite coaches to talk to. But that being said, this is a buzz around the program, even if it is because it's been masked in misery the last 12 months, that I, I haven't felt in a minute for Notre Dame basketball. Absolutely, and... and- like they they needed a new voice, they needed a new direction, they needed a new buzz, a new energy, and Micah Shrewsbury has done all of that in the in the eight weeks that he's been hired. But the one thing he hasn't been able to do yet, Jimmy, is coach. 
because he didn't have a team. He basically didn't have a team when he got here. The roster is up to 10 players. Summer school starts in 10 days, and that's when Micah Shrewsbury will finally feel like, you know what, as much of a whirlwind and a merry-go-round as this has been for the last eight weeks, I can finally come and do what they hired me to do on this campus, and that's to coach basketball and get this program back to being a perennial NCAA tournament type of program. What's been the biggest Crown Jewel feels too strong, but for those mm-hmm. that have not followed along with this process for Micah Shrewsbury having to basically build things from the ground up, whether you want to look at players that are on the roster for this coming season, whether it's for the transfer portal or other means, or you want to look at 2024, what's been the biggest get or the biggest, wow, Micah Shrewsbury's really hit the ground running moment for you at this point? I think it's the fact that he's really going to flex his muscle in the state of Indiana. He hired Ryan Owens, who was an AAU coach with the Indy Heat, as his final assistant coach on staff today. That became official today. The guys that he's recruiting, the guys that he's already landed, whether it was Marcus Burton, Mr. Basketball, who he had to re-recruit when Mike Bray left, Logan Imes from Zionsville, Keba Jive from Lalu, or Tay Davis out of Indianapolis. Micah Shrewsbury has said in, in, in total... 180 from Mike Bray, where he Mike Bray was like, I'm going to I-95 and getting these East Coast guys, and we're going to go into Philly, and we're going to go into D.C., and we're going to go into the DMV, and we're going to get college guys. Micah Shrewsbury just seems like he's of the mindset of, I'm recruiting Indiana, and if you're Mike Woodson and you're Matt Painter and you're to an extent you're Thad Mata, watch out because Notre Dame is going to be a team and a program that you're going to have to reckon with in the state of Indiana. And that that hasn't always been the case under Mike Bray. He's Tom Noy with us at the South Bend Tribune, covers Notre Dame football and basketball. We have about three minutes here, so I do want to take a pivot for a second and look at the gridiron. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've mentioned that, that things are still very much in motion for Notre Dame football as we're still a handful of months away. But when you look at the addition of Sam Hartman and what he will likely bring to the table for this Notre Dame offense, where should expectations be not only from the transfer from Wake Forest, but also from the Notre Dame offensive attack as a whole next year? I still remember sitting in the Coliseum on Thanksgiving weekend and watching Caleb Williams run around and and basically run circles around the Notre Dame defense and, and was thinking to myself, as much as Drew Pine was able to do to salvage last season after Tyler Buckner got hurt, the quarterback position was still a position at Notre Dame where you weren't going to get to that elite level of a USC before Caleb Williams got hurt against Utah, an Ohio State, a Clemson, an Alabama, maybe even a Georgia. But with Sam Hartman, this program has the ability to maybe get to that level because Sam Hartman can make all the throws. Sam, Sam Hartman can score a lot of points. Sam Hartman's a leader, and he's, he's as dynamic a quarterback as maybe this program has ever had. How diff- that's saying something. How different is it going to be starting the season, if I'm looking at the <laughs> schedule right, in Dublin versus it not being like in a, a middle or early going of the season? I feel like leading off with Dublin, I mean, for an Irish fan's perspective, quite a statement, let's go. But uh, how different is that going to be from a logistical standpoint of how the rest of the schedule plays out? It's going to be weird because, like you said, you're starting off in Dublin and you're starting off against the Navy team 
that's going to have a new head coach? Are they going to be the option team that they were in in past seasons where they were so such a difficult matchup for Notre Dame? First week of the season, usually when Notre Dame has gone to Ireland to play Navy, they've got a bye week on the next week to kind of get reacclimated to what college football is all about, the, the rhythm of the season, the travel of going over to Ireland. They don't get that this year. They have to jump right back into it. They get Tennessee State. I know it's Tennessee State, but people said last year, well, you know what, they open it up, up against Ohio State, but they'll relax the next week because they have Marshall at home. They're not losing that game. We know what happened with that. So it's a difficult proposition. It's kind of tricky because you've got Sam Hartman, you've got to hit the ground running, and when you come back, you don't get a bye week because you get Tennessee State, and then you got to go back out on the road against North Carolina State in, a, in an ACC where Notre Dame has won, what, 27, 28 consecutive ACC games. So it's a, it's a tough start. But when you have Sam Hartman, you've always got a chance. He's Tom Noig. Follow him on Twitter at TinoNDI. Nice to take some time with us. Tom, thank you so much for the time as always. And, hey, I'm all about getting the option out of the way right off the bat. We don't have a time to say goodbye to you. So appreciate you, Tom. We'll be back after this on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.